This is the On Blast Podcast NFL Picks Edition. My name is Sheldon Alexander, and as always, I'm joined by my guy, Mr. Matt Russell. We've made it to week 18. Again, I need to say that again, because, you know, there was a year in these crazy 2020s in which I feel like we didn't make it to week 18, or I should say I didn't make it to week 18, (laughs) but we were able to jump back in for the playoffs, but we're here. We have done it. It's week 18. Mr. Matt Russell, how are you doing, my friend? I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm looking forward to week 18 happening. Obviously, you know, Thursday night football, so it's that longer stretch. Uh, we probably could use a couple of days to take a bit of a breather after Monday night. Let's not kid ourselves. That was a bummer. Um, but, you know, we could probably use four days to kind of decompress after after that whole scene on Monday night. Obviously, you know, the usual thoughts and prayers um, going out to DeMar Hamlin. Um, but, you know, it kind of makes you really appreciate when we can actually get back to playing football and, you know, appreciate the guys who are out there playing the football. Uh, so excited to talk about week 18. I know not your favorite week necessarily, mm-hmm. but you know me, I'm the sicko who kind of gets into this sort of stuff when there's more moving pieces with motivations and ratings changes because of, you know, random quarterbacks. We're getting a whole not- another breed or another uh, cycle of quarterbacks are going to play this weekend. Uh, you know, I like trying to put the puzzle pieces together to kind of find value. Um, even if these games are honestly weird is probably the best way to describe it. Just a bunch of weird games this week. Totally. And you alluded to just a tough week in the NFL for sure. And we will definitely do our best to segue into the football side of things. And this is what we do here on this pod each and every week, trying to discuss and break down the lines and, you know, get you with some NFL picks when we can. Um, I mentioned it's week 18 and I feel strange about that. I have a strange relationship with week 18 as last year was probably one of my better betting years against the spread. And then week 18 came along and I want to say I'd have, I should have went back and looked, but I mean, clearly I wouldn't be bragging about this record, but I'm pretty (laughs) sure I was like three and 13 last year on week 18. And I I definitely could go back and check, but maybe I'm like robbing myself of a win. You know what I mean? Like it's hard to be worse than three and 13. Like you're guessing pretty low there, right? If you were, if you were two and 14, people aren't going to like beat you up about like fudging your record. But honestly, like, that's the kind of thing, like, obviously, this, the whole bit of the podcast is, you know, we and what allows us to talk about every game is that you're going to, you know, take a swing at every point spread over the course of the season. And mm-hmm. so that all sounds like a great idea in week one. That sounds like a great idea in week <laughs> eight, because all those games sort of feel like they're equal value. But then you roll around to, honestly, last week, week 17, I mean, how many games changed spreads pretty drastically after we had our conversation on Wednesday? Mm-hmm. And it may happen again. We don't we don't know. Like we've already seen a bunch of kind of crazy moves. And the idea that these are worth the same as a week one game, and it's the same with you know high-level contest stuff, right? Like I have to submit five picks for circa millions that are worth 
you know, more than 5% because it's 90 games altogether, five a week for 18 weeks. Um, the fact that those picks count for the same as week one or week two or, you know, at any other point basically throughout the season doesn't really feel like it makes a ton of sense. Um, so, you know, it's just an example of like, there's a difference between just picking games. And obviously we touch on every game so that people who in pools who have to pick all the games, at least kind of have an idea of what's going on with the line in our take. But like when it comes to betting this stuff, and honestly, that's why we had a lot of week 18 conversation last week, because we set ourselves up with some really good bets for mm-hmm. this week, where honestly, once Sunday night rolled around and the bunch of games opened, I made a few bets on opening lines on Sunday and have made a couple more throughout the week. But a lot, I could have just not done anything on Sunday night and been like, yeah, honestly, the bets that we made leading into week 17 for week 18 with some of those look ahead lines, you know, if you have multiple books, you can get enough down that as a recreational better, you would be happy to sort of roll with, especially into week 18. So, you know, Hopefully everybody kind of got on board with that. We'll talk about those as we go through some of these games. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm probably a little more excited than you are necessarily. (laughs) Well, you know what? The one thing I will say I feel a lot better about was I think this year is definitely the best gambling year that I've done so far and definitely the best I've had since we've been doing this pod over the last few years. And so if I were to have a 3-13 and week, I'd still be okay with the overall work that has been put in this season because the record, the on blast picks, the on blast picks this year, sitting at 141, 104, and 10 against the spread. Nine and six week last week. There's one game off the board, which for obvious reasons, I'm sure people can figure that one out. Um, But as we look ahead to what's going on in this week, again, my goal really was just to be above 500, (laughs) win more games than we've lost. And overall, if people just, you know, blindly followed, the whole goal is for you to listen and then come out on the other end with the pick. And that's what I tried to do for the whole season. And it's worked out so far for us here heading into week 18. We start off with not Thursday night games. We're going to start off with a Saturday game. The Chiefs, nine and a half point favorites, in Las Vegas against the Raiders. And I mean, if you follow along throughout this year and over the years, you know, I'm going to be on the chiefs laying the nine and a half for really no reason other than the Raiders. I mean, Stidham put in work last week, so I'm not even mad at him or knocking him, but I find it funny seeing Carr's brother on TV, just like openly trying to, to like promote him for a job next year. I just find that hilarious. Whatever's going on in Raiders land, nine and a half points. I know the chiefs are still trying to play for, you know, some form of seating. The Raiders playing for pride. What say you here with this nine and a half point spread? I love the Raiders in this game. I, like, I like how can, like, you know, again, Shell, like, uh, how much better would your record be? Like, your record's great. You know, I, going back to the record, it's funny. I'm, for my entire season, you know, I also, tr- you know, pick, you know, have my own sort of record keeping as far as every single game. I don't, certainly don't bet every single game. But I'm 141, 108, and 7. So you've actually passed me overall. And that's, you know, what, 33 games above 500. As far as my actual bets on this and obviously I've told you guys what games that I've yeah, bet on, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I'm 95, 63 and five, which means I'm what? Woo. 40, I'm 46 and 45 on games that I didn't bet. 
-hmm. which just means like i have no idea when it comes you know like on those yeah. ones where i'm like i don't know man best of luck out there like i'm probably going to be <laughs> around 50 percent because at that point i'm just kind of flipping a coin whereas the ones that i kind of feel strongly about we're having a pretty good year on and obviously that's quite a good percentage so all Wait, that is to yes. say <laughs> this is one that i'm definitely betting when it comes to the raiders let's do a couple of different things here right number one is Divisional matchup, at the very least, we can compare what the line was early on in the season when these two teams met in Kansas City. KC, Monday night game, right? So you're obviously adding as much home field advantage as you can possibly sort of put on that, right? For a Monday night primetime game where everybody has a chance to weigh in and bet on the Chiefs. That line was seven for the Chiefs. And now it's nine and a half, right? So if you take that seven and you go, okay, well, we got to take a couple points away from the Chiefs from going to a neutral field, and then we got to take another point and a half, maybe two, to the uh, to Las Vegas, this line should probably be around three and a half. And if you go back to recent seasons, where honestly, the Raiders haven't been that much different, the Raiders at home have been three and a half point underdogs in this game. Now they're nine and a half. For what reason? It's true. Well, the market made a pretty big adjustment to Jared Stidham playing last week off of Derek Carr. And, the, and a bunch of assumptions were made. And listen, I do this. Look, I'm as guilty as, of this as anybody. And it drives me crazy what I do to myself and, and, and all of this sort of thing. The overreacting we do to these sorts of decisions and even guys saying how bummed out they are about certain things that happen within the locker room when it comes to the football field and them getting between the lines it doesn't really matter right they are all competitive in the same way that if you got between the lines and started playing a game for honestly nothing like you would be competitive too and so yeah. what happens is Jared Stidham turns out to play really well. You're a San Francisco 49ers fan, Shell. Like, I would think that you had a real a great deal of respect for the way that Stidham played against that 49ers defense. This wasn't check downs and like running the tight end on the, you know, on the uh, you know, fake handoffs and short passes to the tight end and dump offs. Dude was out there looking to sling, yeah. right? And like that was really impressive. And, you know, sometimes there are guys who just have to be in the league for a bunch of years. And honestly, maybe they don't get a good enough chance. Because honestly, we've seen Stidham only really in the preseason, which, you know, whatever. But the Patriots go and they bring in Cam Newton in the one year that maybe Stidham should have gotten a chance. And, it, and that would have only been his second year, COVID season, et cetera, et cetera. Like, this guy hasn't really had a great opportunity to succeed. And we should have been on top of this last week in that, Josh McDaniel bringing Stidham to Las Vegas had to mean something as far as, it, you know, he sort of had his pick of not necessarily any backup quarterback, but a bunch of different, I mean, there's a ton of quarterbacks out there. We're using them up like four teams at a time this season. There's a lot of dudes throwing the ball. I'll, you know, side, side anecdote, I'm watching bowl season and every single quarterback seems to think that they're going to the NFL or they're preparing for the NFL draft. I'm like, did we, increase the nfl teams by a hundred like like how are there this many quarterbacks who think that they have a chance right like i grew yeah. back in my day a guy had a really good college you know uh career and it was just like yeah he's gonna go like be a lawyer now and it's like no actually he's gonna try to like hang on brock purdy style and the reason is because brock purdy works right and jared yep. stidham might be the next guy to work and so we don't know that necessarily but i don't know how you look at that performance against that team in San Francisco or against San Francisco and go, well, there needs to be some massive downgrade. 
and a three and a half point. And even if you've downgraded the Raiders because they were better early on in the season, or at least we thought they were going to be better at the start of the season. And over 10 weeks, that's shown that the Raiders aren't very good. The reality is the Raiders are actually a pretty talented team when they have Darren Waller, when they have Hunter Renfro, and obviously Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs. But when they're loaded up and ready to go offensively, like that was the whole point of people talking about the Raiders, including them in the AFC West, being like, is this the greatest division we've ever seen? Now, the problem is there were injuries. Josh McDaniels is just frankly a very bad coach. And now I'm looking at this going like, we can't have a six-point adjustment, even if we can, you can talk me into a three-point adjustment. Maybe even a three and a half or make this line minus seven, my, nine and a half. How do we get to nine and a half? And I like what you've got going on there. You've got the, what is that? What is happening there? What is that? Is that's a mouse? AirPod, AirPod case. It's an AirPod case. We Next year, we're going to I'll crack open the budget and we're going to get you some sort of. Um, I like the bit. I like the bit <laughs> of whatever randomness is beside me is yeah, what I used to indicate. That so any red cards lying around from the World Cup? Changed. I don't feel like they use that many of them in the World Cup. Maybe there's one we could. It's true. You know, it's true. But whatever the object is, it means the same thing that the pick has been changed off of the Chiefs to the Las Vegas Raiders at the number plus nine and a half. Tell your friends, kids. Tell your friends. We are moving on to the next game here. We got the Titans at the Jags. This has playoff implications. Winner is in. Jags favored by six points. And I like the Jags to win the game. Six points just seems to be a little too much for me because I feel like the Jags might just be jagging it up here and making their life a little more difficult than it needs to be. So I'm on the, te the Tennessee Titans plus six. Yeah, and we've obviously had quite the little ride here with the Titans rating system, right? Because it was, what, three weeks ago, Ryan Tannehill, Tannehill's trying to play against the Chargers, so the Chargers are only minus three at home against the Titans. And you're like, okay, that's a pretty decent rating. You know, we like to, you know, uh, do a, out of a hundred rating here, so that would that'd be about a 47, 40, you know, between 45, 47 type of a range. Then you get the Malik Willis, and it's like, you know what, this Malik Willis thing is not working at all and now they bring in josh jobs and we all kind of look at josh jobs honestly a lot like jared stidham where it's like well we know his name we remember him <laughs> from college the sec he sort of lingered around a lot of a lot of preseason third quarters and fourth quarters for stidham and dobbs and then you watch him play and like maybe if robert woods mix in mixes in a catch once in a while instead of just dropping a pass Maybe they give the Cowboys more of a scare than they already did. And by the way, like they gave them a pretty good scare. And like we obviously focus on the quarterback the way that we do, but like the Titans weren't playing anybody else, right? Like Derrick Henry, you remember him? Like he might have made a difference against the Cowboys, right? And so like my not trying to win a game rating for the Titans, like openly not trying to win a game is like 12 out of 100. Like that's how that's yeah. how we that's how we got to 14 on that point spread. And just because the mm -hmm. char the Chargers, the Cowboys covered, you know, what ended up being mostly 13 and a half, but there were some 14s that popped up. How, you know, they covered that number, but it wasn't like blowout, whatever. It was sort of just the accumulation of like a field goal here, a touchdown here. So 12 was obviously uh, way too low to rate the Titans with Josh Dobbs. So we can't go there. I kind of have them lingering around a 30 
right now. I think 30 is pretty fair once Derrick Henry comes back and maybe a few other guys come back. And then obviously you have to add in sort of just element of Vrabel in this situation. Like this just smacks of him kind of like at the very least keeping this close. So you have this number at six. It was seven. I spent a lot of time at six and a half. Six and a half is widely available, mostly for like minus 115. But I think there's some flat six and a halves out there as well. And so I agree with you. I think you should you could give yourself a little half half uh, point here of, uh, of of line shopping here and get the Titans at plus six and a half. I think that's the only side that you can play in this game. A lot of people out there, whether it's from before the season or during the season, probably have some Jags division bets. Obviously, those are plus money bets because at no point were the Jags minus money. So you're sitting there with a Jags division bet at plus money. I would let that ride. Or even take a little Titans plus six and a half to maybe get a little middle, a little hedge action, all that kind of stuff. But basically, I think, you know, getting plus money with the Jags, you know, which is essentially a money line bet at this point with a division price is great. But I think you want to be on the side of the Titans against the spread here, you know, whether it's pools or even a side bet that you actually, you know, want to place come uh, Saturday night. I like it. I like it. Um, very interesting stuff for sure, as it's been one of the weirdest ends of the season for a team that I've seen in a long time when you're talking about the Tennessee Titans, just in what their lineups totally. and point spread lines have looked like. Uh, let's keep things moving, though, as we got the Ravens at the Bengals. And obviously, we're not sure positively what time this game will be at yet, but still tentatively set for Sunday. The line sits at seven. Bengals at home, seven-point favorites. Um, the Bengals, if we try to just look at what's going on with that team at this point, seeding is still going to be a thing where they'll be interested in trying to win this game. The Ravens... Well, you. Well, I hope that you'll inform me well, better I, on that. The Ravens. I mean, ahead. it's interesting times, but okay, I'll I'll let you go. I'm on Baltimore plus seven, but as mentioned, hey, this is what this week eighteen pod is for. I am here to be convinced. <laughs> yeah. So, so first of all, I think the game time is set in stone at one o'clock, and okay. I think the important thing here is, or the sort of strange thing that obviously stemming from Monday night is we don't know how that game is going to be treated as of this recording, right? Mm -hmm. So if the NFL came out right now and said, you know, what they've said, obviously, to our knowledge at the time of this recording, is the game is postponed, will not be played before this week's games. Mm -hmm. Okay, if they told us, say, Thursday or Friday, that actually that game is not only not going to be played, we're going to call that game a draw on the, in the standings, that would mean that the Bengals get the division, right? And mm -hmm. the Ravens would not be able to make up with yeah, essentially yeah. two games here, even with the victory. Yeah. So if they announced a draw, a tie, mm -hmm. then the Bengals no longer have anything to play for if the Chiefs win on Saturday, Saturday night. night. Yeah. So we might be in a situation here where two things, you know, one, a draw gets, you know, tie gets announced. Okay, well, I keep calling it a draw, man, because I was talking about World Cup before and my <laughs> brain automatically switched over. Um, been converted, man. Yeah. Which, by the way, like whether, it, you know, but the thing is the timing matters in all this. They might call this a tie on Monday so that all these, so that these teams are actually, uh, you know, forced to compete sort of under a cloud of smoke, so to speak, not really knowing what's going on. Yeah. But like I said, if that, if that, ha if that so happened, that, or they even received word 
that, you know, and it wasn't made public that it was probably going to be called a tie and the Chiefs win. Then the Bengals are just stuck there, right? Sitting at the, at the seed that they're at, having won the division. Meanwhile, the Ravens, they could move up to the five seed. And that's a yeah. trip to either Tennessee or Jacksonville, which looks a lot more fun than a trip to Cincinnati or a trip to, you know, obviously in this case, it would only be Cincinnati. Um, so the Ravens could have reason to play, whereas the Bengals might not. Now, obviously, those two yeah. things sort of have to come in, uh, you know, to fruition. From a from a point spread standpoint, this number is a Huntley number. This or, or very close to it, right? Uh, this is yeah. a this is a this is a Tyler Huntley number at seven, maybe seven and a half with Huntley. Obviously, I think seven sort of, and honestly, a lot of not a lot of books necessarily even have this open. There are some that do. You can make a bet on this. I don't know what the deal is with Lamar Jackson. <laughs> I don't. Doesn't seem like anybody does. This whole thing sounds like incredibly fishy at this point, as far as like contract year, knee injury. Thought he was going to be back like in a couple of weeks. We're now looking at over a month here, and all of these sorts of things. And like again, not a mandatory must-win game because they've managed to keep this thing afloat to, to clinch a playoff spot. So I get why he wouldn't necessarily play, but it is worth mentioning if for some reason he decided to play if only to get a couple of quarters in or something like who knows it's week 18, right? Things get super weird. Yeah. Then the number would change, you know, maybe not drastically necessarily, but it would certainly be less than a touchdown. So a ton of stuff kind of moving around. We talked last week about how the number being six was an interesting bet on the Ravens. So I have a six, I have a Ravens plus six ticket, which honestly I'm pretty fine with right now, because again, I don't know what the deal is with this game and so yeah i'm with you man like if there's plus seven available like, I, like there's there isn't a ton of room for this to go up right yeah. because we know at the very least the ravens are going to play for the five six um you know change in position whereas the Bengals might not have anything to necessarily play for come uh sunday at one o'clock yeah Interesting stuff there for sure. It's something to pay attention to. Keep your eye on and make sure that you're following Matt on Twitter for the latest leading up to kickoff at that game and all of the other games this week, including the Bucks at the Falcons. Falcons at home, four-point favorites. And I'm looking at this game and I'm thinking, okay, just let Tom Brady chill out this weekend. Right? Yeah. Like, is there a reason to put Tom Brady through anything this weekend? Probably not. Let him chill. Let him relax. And the Falcons, you're still trying to sort out, do you have a quarterback? Do you have anything? You know, yeah. the weird part is to think about <clears throat> is there's also a lot of draft stuff floating around where you might have some teams interested in the draft pick. You know, how do things get interesting there? With a four-point spread, I don't know. I just feel like the Bucks might just be in full on. We're not playing mode, and you know, good to, happy days are here again. For uh, is it Blaine Gabbard? Is he still their backup? Who's their backup? Uh, Blaine Gabbard is, I think, the nominal backup. I think Kyle Trask is the younger quarterback who would be the guy who, like, let's see what he can do. Um, type of situation. 
Uh, okay, so this has been a wild, wild ride, and it's what we expected, maybe not to the degree of wildness necessarily, but I'll sort of walk you through that. You'll recall last week, we talked about the two correlating parlays, the week 17 to week 18. We had Carolina Moneyline and Tampa Bay Moneyline, right? The Carolina Moneyline on the idea that if Carolina wins, then Tampa is going to need this game, and if they do mm -hmm. need this game, that line should be about four and a half uh, my, you know, Tampa minus four and a half. Of course, the look ahead line was pick them because mm -hmm. they basically just sort of picked the in between and were like, <laughs> all right, we'll leave this up here at pick them. Not realizing that you and me and hopefully a few of the listeners out there would be able to realize, hang on a sec, we can correlate a couple of parlays here. The parlay that ended up working was mm -hmm. Buccaneers money line and Falcons money line into this week. Because again, Falcons money line was, again, was a pick them you know, blah, blah, blah. If you put those two bets together, you could essentially create a slightly worse than even money bet, right? Essentially Falcons at this point, minus 110, minus 115, maybe even minus 125. Doesn't really matter. The point is, is that's not what the line is right now, right? The money line right now, I mean, the point spread is minus four, which of course the money line means what? Minus 210, in some yeah. okay, you know that at, at the current you know look that I'm uh, I'm taking a gander at right now, so you're already you're you've now have a bet at around minus one twenty, that is, right now a value of minus two ten. That's that's great. We did it right. What happens is when these when this matchup got sort of created and everybody realized okay Tampa's not playing anything for anything and as you mentioned Atlanta's still out here playing their you know their hearts out. The line opened seven and a half for Atlanta Ooh. and touched eight. Ooh. Okay. And so I had a decision. I was like, all right, you know, I had a fair amount here on what was effectively an Atlanta minus 120 um, wager after you take off the equity lost by the other, um, you know, correlated parlay. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, well, let's grab some plus eight on Tampa Bay here and try to middle this thing. So I've already done that. Then your guy, head coach extraordinaire of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, comes out and is like, well, you know, we have some stuff to work on. So, like, um, <laughs> starters are going to play. Like, your uh... your quarterback is 45 to, you know, years old. <laughs> you have a roster full of guys on the injured reserve left who are all veteran, like 30 and older, essentially, blah, blah, blah. What are you talking about, man? Like, get them, <laughs> take the week off, get them healthy for the playoff game that we know is against the Dallas Cowboys next week. So yeah. the line shoots back down to three because the market seems to believe that, oh man, they might play these starters for some time. Now, of course, the thing is, if they were playing their starters for the entire game, Tampa Bay, as mentioned, would be minus four and a half, maybe minus three, something like that, if you were sort of, not sure they play the fourth quarter, right? And then it sort of becomes, yeah. all right, how much of the game are they playing? Because if it's none, maybe the number is seven and a half. That seemed a little extraordinary. That seemed a little high because the guys who are going to play are going to at least try, right? The Kyle Trasks of the world, the backup yeah, tight yeah. end, the backup receiver. They're not tanking. They're not tanking. So honestly, if the line got up to eight again, I kind of like Tampa Bay plus eight with, you know, <laughs> the B squad out there. Yeah. Now this line going down to four is truly, you call this the Vegas zone where, you know, Vegas doesn't know what to make it. Like, this is the vegas Vegas zone of, ever, of all, all time because they're literally just keeping it somewhere in between, you know, the, the the polar opposites because we know that the Bucks should be, if all things were equaled, favored in this game. They're not. 
apparently somebody out there thought Falcons minus seven and a half was the right way to right place to start in this game. And if nobody on the Buccaneers plays here, I mean, Atlanta minus four sounds kind of interesting, right? Like, you know, there's a lot of room between minus four and like seven and a half or eight from earlier on in the week here. So I realize it's not really helpful to everybody now that the line is sort of stuck on four and like maybe that's where your pool has it or whatever, because I can't really help you there. That's why we talked about this in week 17, knowing that if we could just throw these two combinations together, you know, one loses, we deduct that from the winnings of the other, and it ends up being essentially Atlanta at a pick em price. They're, you know, certainly the favorite here. I think they probably win this game. I don't think the Buccaneers are playing their guys. And if no. they do, and honestly, if they do for a, for a quarter, so what? This team stinks yeah. anyway. Exactly. Like, well, Tom Brady's going to come in and throw two quick touchdown passes. Like, they needed C.J. Henderson to be as bad of a cornerback as we think C.J. Henderson is, and for them to be, and for the Panthers to be dumb enough to just leave him out there on Mike Evans for three of the simplest touchdowns, long touchdowns that you'll ever see in your life. When he just get, he just loses Mike Evans. And like, he just can we find? Can we like the Mike Evans stuff? Like. I'm personally hurt by this as someone who finished third in their fantasy football oh pool and who would have, I mean, won, for that. won the league by like a hundred points. If somehow I made it to the finals, right. I won the third place game. So, yeah. And you know why? Cause Mike Evans finally decided to show up. So cool. Thanks. Yeah. Man. Cause all he had to do was run in a straight that. line that way. <laughs> and like, and the, and the Panthers are like, well, <laughs> CJ's got this handled. And it's like, no, he doesn't. He's five yards, sh- you know, behind him. Like how, how uh, you just, just how. So anyway, yeah. Hurting my feelings, man. Sorry. Hurting my feelings. Uh, Falcons minus four. Yes. Something like that. <laughs> Let's keep it going. Uh, Patriots honestly, at, like just before I we go on real quick. Uh, no, but a really good live betting potential opportunity. Yeah. There, right. Because live betting is probably the way to go for. A oh, lot and week of 18. Games, it's right. Yeah. For golden, sure. Golden. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Uh, Patriots at bills, bills, seven and a half point favorites. I'm going to be on the pats in this game. Just give me all the points. Uh, I'm going to say that a lot, I feel like, this week. Just give me all the points. But especially when I'm looking at a line like this, it's just over a touchdown. A Bills team, same thing we talked about earlier with the Bengals game. I'm assuming, you know, it depends on what's going to happen, how they decide to – what they decide to do with the game on Monday night. But with all that said, give me the pats. I think they need this to uh, to at least try to to give us some good vibes here. Well, they need it to – I mean, they're going to go all out to try to win – the mm-hmm. you know um win which, a wild card get in the get in the which you know, doesn't that play. make this line a little strange it makes the line lower than it should be <laughs> but still like seven and a half is a the lot line should be 10 the patriots but, stink <laughs> the patriots are god awful but I'm saying, yes, the Patriots are not good, but even a Bills team that might not be giving their full effort. But here's the thing, and that's the key element to this, because, like, ask the Dolphins how that worked out for them last year when the (laughs) Dolphins needed (laughs) the win to get in the playoffs and the Bills had nothing to play for. In Buffalo, Week 18, the Bills absolutely wrecked them, okay? This Bills team, this is not, you know, the Bills don't 
just chill. <laughs> they have yeah. no chill, as the kids say, <laughs> right? And I don't, you know, again, you don't want to get into the heads and be like, is there extra inspiration yeah. and all of that sort of thing? But yeah. honestly, if the Chiefs, um, if the Chiefs win, sorry, mm-hmm. if the Chiefs, yeah, let me just, just cranking up the machine here. So if the Chiefs yeah. win, they go to fourteen and three. If Buffalo um, gets credit for a, a tie here. But- then yeah. it's the same situation, right? Where they're going to be 30, 13, 3, and 1. So, like, it doesn't yeah. necessarily matter to them. But um, if they lose the game, they might fall to the 3 seed. And you get into a whole thing about, like, okay, do they care about the 2, 3, whatever. So all that is to say, though, like, there's, you know, maybe they do, maybe they don't care for a seeding standpoint. But we've seen that the Bills just care about beating ass. Right. That's all, like, especially <laughs> within the division and especially with the Patriots. Like that's not a rollover type of a deal here. Now, maybe a yeah. couple of guys sit like to get healthy, but they also, I mean, they played a six minute game or whatever it was last week. Mm-hmm. It's not like they need the bye week. You know, even that's if they, true. let's say Kansas City wins and the, and the Bills get locked into the two seed or are a two, three either. And maybe they don't even care what the, whether they're the two or the three. I would imagine they do care because we saw what happened when they went on the road last year and they want to have as many home games here, you know, as possible because I think they probably beat the chiefs last year. If it's in Buffalo, though, honestly, who knows? I think the bills are going to go in going like, I don't want to just have that game on Monday and then have a meaningless, you know, sort of preseason game before we yeah. go into a playoff game the next week. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, like they're going to, they're going to play 60 minutes here. And if yeah. they're playing 60 minutes, you're getting value on the bills. Because like I said, this game should be 10. And and we can go and do comparison with like, oh, remember the game when this was in New England, it was three and a half. And if it was three and a half there, then this makes sense because it's seven and a half now, right? Like yeah, you know, yeah, two yeah. point flip for either side on home field. Mm-hmm. You and I discussed how ridiculous it was that the bills are only <laughs> three and a half. And we gleefully bet on the Bills on that Thursday night. And it was a sweat-free victory. So, you know, by a translation, this is the same price that you're getting from that Thursday night game this week. And you're probably getting it because of the idea that the Patriots are must-win. Again, the Patriots stink. And, all you know, they got a Teddy Bridgewater you know, interception to win that game the week, you know, last week and blew the games the previous two weeks. So like motivation and them like needing to win and all this stuff does not work for the new England Patriots. Give me Buffalo who is happy to beat up on a team and take honestly some frustrations and emotions out on Buffalo and get ready for the playoffs in a big way. The way that they have honestly, the last few seasons. The pick has been changed. The pick has been changed. Our viewers on YouTube, first off, bless us with the like and the share and all that fun stuff. But the people on YouTube know the pick has been changed. Buffalo minus seven and a half. Um, Yeah, interesting stuff. No matter what's going on, no matter what the lines are, it will definitely be a scene in Buffalo on Sunday for sure. Yeah. Vikings at the Bears. The Vikings are seven and a half point favorites in Chicago. I know Chicago is battling for that first overall pick in the NFL draft here, but the Vikings, I mean, who knows what the Vikings are going to be on? I know seeding is still a thing, but if I'm the Vikings, they're still just such a strange team to me. I got to sit on the points here. Seven and a half points, too many points here. Give me the points. 
Okay. I <laughs> we do have to mention again, we're taping this podcast on Wednesday. Yep. You are aware you have just wagered on the Peter Man. Let's go. Oh, sweet fancy <laughs> Moses. Oh. <laughs> I love that. That you're is right. like, you know what's so funny about that? It's yeah. like, obviously, you're going for the number one overall pick. How do you secure that bag? Yeah. <laughs> Let's go, Peter. Justin Man. Fields has a hip injury. Sure, mm-hmm. I guess. I mean, listen, that guy's gotten banged up every game. That's yeah. stylistically like that's going to happen. And that's the worry for the Bears going forward that, you know, like a Jalen Hurts, like a Lamar Jackson, like not a coincidence that these guys, as much as we love grabbing them in fantasy at the start of the year and things look great, you know, through mid-November, it's not a coincidence these guys are not making it through seasons kind of on a regular basis when it comes to Lamar. And obviously who knows what happens when it comes to Jalen Hurts or Justin Fields. Yeah, of course they're sitting them. Uh, they haven't won a game in months. Yeah. Um why would they start now this i but you're right i mean why would you want the vikings you know um laying points but like that's fair right up into the point where the bear the bears are incentivized to lose the vikings because of the way the schedule is where this isn't being played at the same time as san francisco because if it's being Mm -hmm. played at the same time as san francisco you play the first half you look at the scoreboard at halftime and you go San Francisco's up 17 points against the Cardinals. And then you get Justin Jefferson, the yards he needs to break a record that, you know, is kind of a fake record because we've played 17 games now. And, you know, Calvin Johnson's record was 16 or whatever. And then you get those guys out. Now, all of a sudden, you're sitting there with whoever the Vikings backup quarterback is. Who I don't even know who the Vikings quarterback (laughs) is, backup quarterback is. Is still Sean Mannion? Are they still running that guy out there? I don't even know. And now you're now now you're looking at like a more even playing field. But the problem is that's not what's happening here. San Francisco is playing after. So when it was mine, you know, and, and honestly, it was kind of crazy. I and I sort of s- screwed this up earlier on in the week because this line opened minus one, minus one and a half for the Vikings. Okay. And I'm like, it was like it was so dumb I was paralyzed by it. <laughs> I was like, what? Like the Bears, yeah. because of the Texans' win two weeks ago, can lose this game, and maybe the Texans win this week. And by the way, they are not big underdogs this week. And maybe they can get the first overall pick. Now, do they necessarily need the first overall pick from like a who they're going to pick standpoint? No, they've got their quarterback. But if you're sitting there with the first overall pick and you can get a ransom for that pick, you try to get the first overall pick. So that's what we're seeing here. So again, you're looking at a Vikings team who are sitting there in the second seed all season long and then gave it away last week and are like, man, maybe we could get it back. Now, they're probably not going to because San Francisco is probably going to house the Cardinals, but at least they have 60 minutes of not knowing that. So they're going to be trying. The Bears are not. This isn't the Vikings against the Packers, against the Jets, all these teams who are scratching and clawing. Look at the schedule, all these teams that the Vikings have had to deal with. And just because they're of their record, people have called them overrated, but they've been pretty appropriately rated in the market. And that is to say, not very good. So this is against a team that is honestly starting Nathan Peterman. What else do you need to know? And we have seen the Bears without Justin Fields, by the way. It is, is very bad. <laughs> so it's not like a secret. It's not, this isn't uh, Stidham where we don't really know, right? This isn't like some of these other guys where we don't really know. We, we're familiar with the works of Nathan Peterman and he is just the right guy for this job for the Chicago Bears. 
this is also the right job for a guy named Kirk Cousins to just like ball out and be like, oh, of course, this would be the game that you're going to ball out and look amazing and do all the, you know, the things that people needed you to do in the big boy games at your team. The Vikings fans want you to do in the big boy games. This would be the game that he would ball out in. And when you add all that up, everything you just said, the pick has changed. Minnesota yeah. Vikings minus seven and a half. I'm here with you. I'm with, and, I'm with you. And by the way, right, like we well, obviously missed out on minus four. There was even a six and a half that's sort of on the way to seven and a half. At seven and a half, you guys know what to do. This is teaser town, right? There are not going to be a ton of teaser legs. We'll talk about some of these other theoretical options that are not options this week. This is mm-hmm. one where if you are getting value, i.e. better than minus, you know, if the, if the money line is bigger than minus 280, and you can get the Vikings down to minus one and a half, that's where you tease the big favorite down, especially again, when the Bears are not trying to win this football game. Well, speaking of not trying to win this football game, we have the Texans at the Colts. (laughs) Yeah, the Colts, two and a half point favorites. And, you know, you just got to think of a situation that the Colts would be favored against anyone. (laughs) And it's like, who wants to lose this game more? very confusing stuff here. I probably I don't even know which way to go. I'm just taking the points here. <laughs> and the Houston yeah. Texans at plus two and a half. But you could see, like, I would think that Jeff Saturday might want to go out with a dub and just have, you know, like, hey, hurrah, yeah. It's a one thing for the for his uh resume. Yeah. But on the flip side, like the better thing is to just lose for everyone involved, isn't it? Unequivocally. For every, well, that's the problem, right? For everyone involved. <laughs> for the Texans so that they can get the number one pick, presumably mm-hmm. to get a quarterback. But honestly, right now, if there's a, de- a debate between Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, then mm-hmm. even if you're sitting at the second spot, you know, you're kind of okay. Even if the Bears get that, that pick, trade it to whomever. Honestly, it might be better that the Texans are left with the guy that somebody else doesn't pick, if you know what I mean. Like if they're if yep. they're not responsible for making the right decision, that's probably the best case scenario for the Texans. So, like, yeah, yeah just take the second overall pick. Now, when it comes to on the field stuff, right? Like who's going to be trying harder on the field and who's going to be put into a position to win? It's funny that people are sort of saying, well, you know, Jeff Saturday, like he, you know, trying to win and blah, blah, blah. Jeff Saturday has tried his ass off to win a football game (laughs) in the last two months and it hasn't worked. So the idea that like Jeff Saturday could just flip the switch and snap his fingers and be like, yep, we're winning now is like hilarious because it's like, what? You know, Nick, by the way, remember chargers minus four against the Colts? Like that was two weeks ago. And I say that because remember Jags minus three last week against the Texans and like people selling you these like these you know underdogs on those teams like god oh i can't believe we're not and i rich. love betting the texans as you know i know, <laughs> you know but, I love, but couldn't yeah. last and week was just be, the and, easiest like okay. and it's worth mentioning the line was 3 so people mm-hmm. were you know of the same sort of attitude like might as well just take the points and grabbing plus 3 with the texans that's why it's two and a half right now so like that line move has happened from a valuation standpoint, I have this at two, um, yeah, minus 1.8, essentially. Uh, from a market standpoint, minus 1.5 in my ratings. Again, I have the Texans like slightly rated higher, or honestly, maybe I have the Colts rated lower at this point. But like this is the Sam Ellinger Colt. The one thing that I'm worried about here is a Matt Ryan sighting. 
right? Oh. Nick Foles is basically like in a cab somewhere. He's eating shrimp uh, cocktail at St. Elmo's. And Matt Ryan, you, you know, like if this is Matt Ryan's last game in the NFL, he might get in for the second half. It's true. It's and true. he might That's start, he might get loose and start like cooking garbage time style. And so I think this is another one where you, you know, you tread lightly. First of all, this is a great example of a teaser number that we are not teasing under any circumstances, right? Can't do it. Plus two and a half, theoretically. Oh, plus eight and a half. Love and life. Don't even care who the teams are. Doesn't matter. Week one, week 10, week 15, all good. Week 18, no chance, right? If either team won this game by 30 points, would you be surprised? Because, like, listen, there's a decent chance the Texans have the better quarterback if Sam Ellinger is playing this entire game. But if Matt Ryan is getting a swan songy type situation here, whether that's coming in in the second half or honestly, it's Wednesday. We saw another team that we're going to talk to here, like, change their mind on who's starting their, uh, who the starting quarterback is in, like, mm-hmm. less than a day. So, like, Matt Ryan might end up starting this game by the time we end up, you know, being done with this conversation. And, the, and honestly, they'd be doing the Texans a favor there. But that's the key, too. Why is division rival Indianapolis doing the Texans any favors when it comes to draft positioning? Especially when they only have, the, they have their own draft position to worry about. Yeah. Like the Colts true. are in the mix on, 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 you know, a draft position, right? Like they are, what's their record? They're at four wins, I think, at this point. Yeah. The Colts? Yeah. The Colts are four. at four wins, yeah. And so four there's and a, 11 there's, and one. Yeah. So like there's a lot of teams at the four win zone right now where honestly, like they could win this week and kind of change their positioning from. I mean, honestly, a top three, I mean, listen, the Cardinals aren't going to win, but like the Broncos could accidentally win a game this week. So a Colts loss here might mean that they get the third overall or the fourth overall pick, but a win that'll get you outside the top five. You know, you might be looking at what seventh, sixth, I guess. Mm -hmm. I mean, these, when these guys are trading up and trading down in April and you're like, oh man, they gave up three picks to move up three spots in the first round. Like, you know, you don't have to give up those picks. You just have to lose this game. Yeah. That's all that's required. So save yourself the trade later and just lose the game this week. So, you know, I think both these teams have, you know, ample opportunity, ample desire to lose this game. So, I mean, listen, I don't want anything to do with betting it. I will say if you, you know, are an avid reader of what we do over at the score, I have 10 to one, or we should have 10 to one on the bears being the worst team, having the worst record this season, which when they were like, what, four and three sounded like a really bad bet. All of a sudden it's a pretty good bet right now because the bears aren't winning that game against the Vikings. And now we're looking at a two and a half point underdog that all we need to do is win and cash a 10 to one bet from the preseason that's why you read the preseason stuff over at the score. Little plug for you, whammo. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, the Jets minus one at Miami against the Dolphins. This is a pick'em game, and we know that. I mean, I don't even want to get into Tua. We can just say that I don't think that Tua will be seeing any action this week. But looking at this game, the Jets, the Dolphins, teams that had high hopes maybe what a couple weeks ago to see themselves in the position they're in now super strange for sure i'm gonna be on miami for no real reason other than they're at home and i feel (laughs) like if i'm a road team going into a game that might not mean much 
in Miami at the end of the season, my focus might be not so much on the field, if you know what I'm saying. (laughs) That's obviously based on nothing. I'm making a mockery of this. But what say you, my friend? Yeah, I mean, listen, that's a very uh, (laughs) NBA-style thing that happens because NFL teams are on lockdown and in and out of I mean, you saw how fast, by the way, Buffalo got out of Cincinnati the other night. Like, yeah, yeah, they weren't yeah. even hearing the idea of, like, maybe we'll play tomorrow type of a deal. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, travel plans are travel plans are travel plans, man. Like, there's not there's no hanging out in Miami. Obviously, the Jets are done for the season. Honestly, I think the Miami Dolphins are headed there with them. Mm-hmm. You can get whatever you need to get after the season's done, <laughs> whether it's my Miami or the Bahamas or Cancun yeah, yeah, or whatever. Cabo. This is why every team plays a divisional game because, like, it's not just showing up to play a team in the NFC and being like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Which is why, I mean, partly why, I love the Jets in this game, but I love the Jets at plus three and a half in this okay. game because that's where this game started. Because mm-hmm. somewhere out there, somebody decided that they thought Tua might play in this game. Again, these are the opportunities that we have to grab and have to realize, like, when we see them, you can't ha- wait till Wednesday for me to sort of, you know, tell people like this, right? And I tweeted it out, by the way. So I was like, I'm, you know, I did my part. But yeah, like, I was just like, I guess we're going to just keep betting the Jets plus three and a half if this is what the line is going to be. And it mm-hmm. took like a day before it was sort of like, oh, yeah, by the way, like, of course, two is not going to play. And like Teddy Bridgewater, even if you think he's good, like he broke his finger. Mm-hmm. So like, it doesn't look like he's going to play. And like Skylar Thompson, strangely enough, has already played essentially a full game against the jets this season. Mm-hmm. And it went very badly, very badly. Right. The jets did. crushed Miami at home. So like we can do the thing, but are we going to get caught in the same trap where we do the thing where we go, Oh, how do the jets get up for this game? And like, Oh, the season's over and blah, 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 blah. And then we end up going, oh, yeah, actually, the Jets played fine. Everybody was a professional. Mike White's playing for his career. There's, you know, there's enough young guys out there who are still looking to ball. Sal is coaching for his career now. Sal is coaching for his career. Sauce Gardner is trying to win defensive rookie of the year. Like, all these guys are still out there. I mean, the pack of, you know, running backs and sort of, you know, fringy skill position players on the Jets Mm -hmm. are still trying. And honestly, the last thing they want is a division rival going to the playoffs as well. And so the bummer here is that plus three and a half no longer exists. Again, follow at MROS Authentic. I was, you know, we were out on the streets early with plus three and plus three and a half. Mm-hmm. Sucks that it's now minus one for the Jets, but like minus one, plus one, you know, we're sort of in that territory where honestly, I thought the Jets were going to win this game anyway. So it's to me, it's Jets or nothing in this game. And listen, I'll I'll happily see how Skylar Thompson is going to beat me at minus three and a half uh, on the bets that I have in this game. Don't see it happen. <laughs> I'm getting similar vibes from that game to this game with the Panthers and the Saints. Another divisional matchup here. Saints favored by three and a half at home. The Panthers, they put up a fight last week against the Bucs. They put up a fight. They you had know, that if game you think one. about Well, I'm saying if you I was trying to gain, you know, greater perspective on the season had by the Panthers. So yeah. you go back to what a month ago, month and a half ago, 
things were looking really bleak. And at least now you're kind of looking and they, there's some, there's definitely some pieces there. You're looking into next season thinking, could the Panthers be the team going into next season that you're like, Oh, this is the team to watch. Anyways, before we get there, week 18, give me the Panthers plus three and a half points. Yeah. So this is similar to the last game in that the line has moved. The line opened in a really weird way. We talked about this last week, how the idea like, okay, grab Carolina plus three, because if they win the game, and let's say the Saints lose the game against the Eagles, which obviously they were not favored to win, even though we were all over the money line in that one. Um, you know, grab the plus three now, because like at the very worst case, it should be plus three next week if there's nothing to play for. Well, yeah. there's nothing to play for. And this line opened five. Like, what? <laughs> that's, a, that's a strange one. But because this is the NFL and it's an efficient market and one of the more lucrative markets in the world, that was quickly almost rectified. Obviously down from five, four and a half, four, down to three and a half. Now most of the plus three and a half are juiced. So you have to pay minus 115. And you wouldn't be surprised. Uh, you shouldn't be surprised if you see this get to a flat three by the time the game kicks around. Fundamentally, I think this is the only game this week where it pits two teams with nothing to play for, i.e. both of them don't have anything to play for, for or against, obviously we talked like Texans and Colts or whatever, but also two teams that I expect to play all their starters and like treat it like it's an actual game. Oh, you know what I mean? Like all these other games are like, well, this team cares what this team doesn't. Or like, you know, the, none, it's not important to Tampa or Atlanta, but like Tom Brady is not even going to show up to the stadium or, you know, all of these sorts of matchups. This is one where it's like, yeah, they're actually going to play a real game. Not really even sure why. But <laughs> the point is, is like, there's a chance one of them doesn't care. I think there's a better chance. Again, you can call this a 55-45 thing, a 60-40 thing, whatever you want. I think the better chance is that the Saints are the team that doesn't really care. Because that's a veteran team that has been in the playoffs recently, that has had more expectations. And that honestly, the season went to bleep when Mark Ingram went out of bounds against Tampa Bay. We knew That's it then. We knew back. it the second he went in. We knew it shortly thereafter. We knew on the podcast a couple of days later that that was going to end up costing the Saints. And if it and if he hadn't, feel free to take a look at the standings and see where the Saints would be relative to the Buccaneers right now. So you got this one more game that they got to play. And the last team that you want to play is a team that's going to hit you in the face over and over and over because the point that you made was like they found an identity in the last four weeks of the season and that's just to let these guys who are on basically league minimum deals they're running backs just drill you over and over and over and over again now i don't think sam darnold is the quarterback of the future but who knows what kind of thing you know what happens necessarily both these teams are in draft pick territory where they're in the middle of the pack like, it's not, you know, yes, it'll make a difference, I guess, between the 11th and the 15th pick. But most of the time, you know, you're not fighting for the top quarterback. You're sort of picking your best available player at a certain position. Maybe that's wide receiver. Maybe that's defensive back, you know, whatever. This isn't one yeah. where, like, oh, we got to tank to, like, improve our position three or four. But even if I would, as a fan, like that, they're just mm -hmm. not going to go out of their way to do that right? But no. the Panthers are on their third quarterback anyway. It's not like we're going to find out. I shouldn't think we're going to find out that Sam Darnold just not going to play. He hasn't played in enough games this year for him to take the game off. And if Andy Dalton comes out and Jameis Winston, for instance, gets to play, guess what? 
I'm pretty cool with that because that means interceptions become an, a part of the equation. Like, yes, there's more potential for spectacular plays, but the reason Jameis Winston hasn't played this season is because he throws interceptions. And so if you're <laughs> going to get, if you're going to get a more high variance from the saints and I've got the money line on the underdog, I'm, I'm loving that too. So there's kind of no downside to liking the Panthers. That doesn't mean they're going to win. Doesn't mean the saints might win this game by 20 points. Like, I don't know. I'm just saying from a probability standpoint, you're getting plus 160, 170 on the money line. That's great. You're getting three and the hook right now for a pretty decent price on the Panthers. And it's two teams that are honestly pretty similar. Where they're, When the Saints are good, it's Kamara, it's Hill, hit you in the face, hit you in the face. And it's two quarterbacks that honestly aren't that inspiring. And maybe a third with Jameis Winston, who's dying to throw you a few interceptions. Oh, yes, Jameis I remember those days of Jameis. Poor guy. They might be back again uh, this week. Who knows? Right? Browns at Steelers. More divisional goodness, and we love it because, you know, you get some spicy matchups. And even though the Browns have had a very strange season for a lot of reasons, they're still here against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers favored by three at home. I like the Browns in this game. I can't even say that I like the Browns because I don't really like the Browns. <laughs> this is more, I like the number. Yeah. So at a field goal, that's really why I'm on the plus three here. I can't even say it so much because I, I like the Browns. But <laughs> what say you? Yeah, what a, what a horrendous thing. But we did it last week too, right? Where it was like, oh, mm -hmm. they like the Browns here. Admittedly, that was Carson Wentz and like mea culpa. <laughs> just bet the Browns, man. Like, why didn't I just bet the Browns instead of trying the <laughs> over? Because I thought Carson Wentz would be capable of 20 points against this garbage Cleveland defense. What we did do correctly last week is we got ahead of the game, right? Pittsburgh minus 120 on the money line. Right now it's minus 150. And now to get sort of a minus 120 price, you have to lay two and a half. Now, maybe that's not going to be a big deal. As you know, any Steelers game, the one and two point becomes a little valuable in that plus two and a half type zone, right? They yeah. could win this game 10 to nine, whatever, any sort of combination, yada, yada, yada. Fundamentally, though, you know, we expected Deshaun Watson to have a better game last week. Obviously, coming off the wind conditions, an extra week of practice, like it's always going to get a little bit better, a little bit better. You throw in Washington and Carson Wentz being like addicted to throwing interceptions and turning the ball <laughs> over and like blow and literally blowing the season for the commanders, which is like just objectively hilarious when you talk about that franchise and ownership and all of that sort of thing. And obviously, they yeah. have a coach. Um, not, you know, again, I don't know if he's supposed to know whether they could get eliminated with all the various permutations. I get that he was just thinking about winning. Why starting Carson Wentz was part of the re recipe in thinking about winning. Why ever signing and, and first of all, trading and then signing uh, Carson Wentz was ever, you know, part of that equation. I don't know, right? Feels like a lot of people are screwing things up over there. That is to say, like, Deshaun Watson made a couple of good throws. He completed nine passes. Nine. He's just there. He's right. And it's like, yeah, okay. Some of those were explosive because you're, you know, you're running the play action pass and like that's working downfield, Mari Cooper and all that sort of thing. And like, maybe you get excited about that. And that's something that could get um, taken advantage of when it comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I just don't want to be fading the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like there are a bunch of teams that I'm fine with under the concept of a must win situation. This is a fair price. We're not getting a jacked up Pittsburgh Steelers. This isn't four and a half or mm -hmm. six and a half where it's like, well, the Steelers need to win, so they get you know priced this way. They tried that. 
they hit, you know, they, there was a Pittsburgh minus three, three flat. Like you got Cleveland plus three on the board right now, but like you're gonna have to pay minus 120 for Cleveland plus three. So like, this isn't 20 years ago where like sports books could get away with juicing a lot of these lines up in a crazy way. And like, people aren't going to, you know, significant betters aren't going to take advantage of that. So the fact that like, you know, my number here, I probably should mention, like I got two and a half, which is why yeah. we were betting Pittsburgh minus 120 on the money line. Right. Cause if you're going to give me about pick them, a pick them price on the Steelers on the money line, knowing that it should be two and a half, like I'm going to make that bet and I'm going to live with that and see what happens. Yeah, it doesn't mean Steelers are going to win this game, but like, I'd like to, you know, we talked about this last week. I like the Steelers in this game if they had nothing to play for and it was pick up. Something to play for against this Browns team. Uh, you know, I'm still, I'm, I'm liking where I'm at, I guess, uh, with Pittsburgh. Fair enough, my dude. Fair enough. Totally understand that. Um, what do you like here, though, is my question. The Chargers, three-point favorites in Denver to take on the Broncos. Broncos showing signs of life last week. I'm on the Broncos, plus three, just for that reason and that re Well, I mean, yeah, the Chargers, I don't know how. Like, <laughs> The Chargers have been an interesting team to read this whole year. And that continues to be the case, but I just like the signs of life. And I think the Broncos kind of need to finish strong, right? Like, yeah, I know they have nothing to like theoretically play for, but yeah. pride is a thing that matters. And we saw Russell Wilson very emotional about, and I know it's Russell Wilson, right? It's there's a emotional. lot to be said there, yeah. but like, I think this game matters to them. Like this will be a thing where you got to get your full effort here from the Denver Broncos and it's three points. Give me the three points as home dogs. Yeah, and the, and the line should be that. So this isn't like some sort of trickery or whatever. This is part two of the Bills-Bengals situation. So again, mm -hmm. from a football standpoint, the thing with that game not being played, or the thing with that game you know, being played and nothing you know, tragic happening, was like there was a lot of moving parts. And that yeah. we were going to get some, you know, those that result on Monday night was going to shift a bunch of stuff. And now that it's like a maybe a tie, you know, we just talked about this. What about the, what if the Ravens, you know, what if the Bengals don't have anything to play for? Well, yeah. that means the Ravens have a better chance. Well, what if the Bengals, what if they don't tell the Bengals that it's a tie and the Bengals try and the Bengals beat the Ravens? And now the Chargers are sitting at the five seed. They don't even have to win this game because if every game was being played at the same time, the Chargers would have to win this game to secure that five seed to go to either Tennessee or Jacksonville. The fact that this game is being played at 425 and the Bengals-Ravens game is being played at 1 o'clock. Again, I'm pretty sure they've locked that in at 1 o'clock. I, I know that that was fluctuating um, between 1 and 430 as of you know when they first announced the schedule. Yeah, yeah. But like... That's the problem. That was that was fluctuating between one and four thirty, because we needed to know what was happening on Monday night. Yeah. And so, if we don't know what happened on Monday night, then you know I don't know what they're going to do as far as like that game is concerned. Mm -hmm. So the point is, is like there's a very real chance that this is Justin Herbert in a toque. Yeah. That this is Joey Bosa in a toque. That this is, you know, Derwin James, like, feel, you know, go down the line. Yeah, Mike yeah, Williams, yeah. Keenan. This is, there's a very good chance that this is Chase McDaniel. So, the, you know, I say that to say, like, I haven't bet this game yet, but I'm sitting there staring at it, knowing there was some three and a half. So they got bet down. It's now three. You can get plus three at even money. I'm like, 
should I do that? Should I hit that right now? I'll spoiler alert this right now, because honestly, they, the article might be out by the time this podcast airs. The Broncos are going to be in the round robin underdog money line parlay. Let's go. Because that's when week 18, that's we have to sort of hope for the results that make these underdogs valuable. That's how you have to play week 18 from mm-hmm. a money line standpoint. So I kind of like the money line more than I do the spread, if that makes sense. Totally. Right? Because totally. it's like, I might as well just take a shot at a plus 140, plus 150 type money line now mm-hmm. and then sort of see what happens. Whereas like, you know, three, if the Chargers are playing and I know that the line should be three, it's going to be three now and it'll be three later. Yeah. But if they're not no. playing and I can lock in a good price on the money line, not the Chargers aren't going to sit, you know, are going to sit everybody. And then the Broncos become the favorite in this game, but I've locked in a money line price at, you know, plus 140, plus 150, something along those lines. I'm loving that, right? There's kind of <laughs> no downside to grabbing the money line now. There's a little downside to the spread later. You know, if you if you're you know, listen, if you're dying to bet the spread, I guess you do it. If you're in a contest, the spread's probably locked in at plus three anyway, so you'll be able to get that value if you want it later anyway. So I think you know, I think basically, long story short, is this is Denver or nothing, and money line for sure. But get the price now before something wacky happens. Uh, you say Denver or nothing, but I would like to know whether it's Giants <laughs> or Eagles minus 14. This is nothing. <laughs> nothing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Eagles favored by 14 points. And I know there's talk of Hurts and Minshew and all that, but it's like if if watching the Eagles offense, I'm wondering if they could beat anybody by 14 lately. Either way, though, I mean, what to make of this game? How are the Giants going to play it? Is Dable just in full-on party mode, enjoying time here? That looks like what this line is. But plus 14, they might not know how to not play hard, if that makes sense. Give me the Giants, because that's a whole lot of points. And the Eagles don't know what the Eagles are about right now. Yeah, my my standard operating procedure with these games where they're, you know, it certainly looks like they're not going to, quote-unquote, play anybody, is Mm -hmm. to, like, change the rating to 20, right? We talked about 20 being the like low point. That's why it was kind of crazy with the Titans where they went, you know, I had to get them down to 13 to sort of make 14 work against the Cowboys last week. Mm-hmm. So to make 14 work here, the Giants have to be 20, but Jalen Hurts also has to be in this game, right? Because we yeah. know there's a rating difference between Hurts and Minshew. That's not rocket science. Oh, there definitely is, yes. And after one game, we were like, well, maybe there isn't that much, right? And it's yeah, the same yeah, people yeah. who are saying that, like, Dak Prescott doesn't matter because, like, Cooper yeah. Rush is just as good. And it's like, yeah, for a game, maybe two, depending on the opponent, maybe three, mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter because there's a lot of football players on the field. But listen there's a lot of blame to go around for that game last week don't get me wrong but like there's a difference between Jalen Hurts and Gardner Minshew and maybe it came down to just the uh uh quarterback sneak that didn't mm-hmm. work for the Eagles yeah. and you know like who knows what happens uh the difference there but there is certainly a difference so this implies this number implies Hurts in and it implies and you know we're calling it Giants at 20 yeah who knows what they actually do you know, you get different versions of the team that is not trying, right? You get the, the version of like, we're going to run all our plays with the backups, at which point mm-hmm. maybe you're a little spicy, you know? Or you do yeah. the version where like, we're going to play the backups and we're just going to hand the ball off the entire game. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's, you know what I mean? They're not, they're not really trying to do anything on offense. 
is Dayball coming from Buffalo, a place where we just talked about they they try in week 18. Even if mm-hmm. Daniel Jones doesn't play, is he the type that is just going to kind of like roll over? I don't know. And I think that's why like if you know if it's if it's if it's Eagles or Giants, it's Giants. If it's if nothing is an option, it's nothing. Because <laughs> and I think you know hopefully that maybe this is the next game we're talking about since it's in within the division. Mm-hmm. But you'll recall the best work of all the good stuff that we did last week going mm-hmm. forward. You'll recall the 15 to 1 Saints last week, Eagles this week, and Cowboys this week parlay with look ahead lines. That was 16 to 1 last week. And all we needed was the Saints to win as just five and a half point underdogs to create a parlay that is paying 16 to 1 that right now with. Eagles and Cowboys. If you just made an Eagles and Cowboys parlay right now, mm-hmm. it's minus 280. So Ooh. we're sitting with a 16 to 1 on something that's minus 280 to pay out. And like all it. it took, all it took for that, the 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 dominoes to fall was a Saints win against Philadelphia. Could they have lost that game? Of course. But it was a bet worth making because you're making a small bet to make a lot. And so we're sitting here with just needing the Eagles and the Cowboys. So for me, as much as I say, like, I have I have to pick between the Giants or whatever, take the Giants. And the same story is going to be here with the Cowboys and Commanders. This is the one that we were talking about with regards to quarterbacks. You know, Taylor Heineke this morning was going to start. Then your man Sam Howell is going to start. The line has moved from four to seven. You know, there was, it touched four at one point, got to kind of back to five and a half, then went to seven and a half. Honestly, kind of think it's an over-adjustment because I think Sam Howell, is, like speaking of spicy, like if you look up spicy in the dictionary, like Sam Howell does appear in mm-hmm. relative to his college career, like might be pretty good. And honestly, Taylor Heineke isn't it. Carson Wentz isn't it. How bad could this possibly be? Maybe it ends up being really bad. But yeah. the other element is, what if the Eagles are up two, three touchdowns at halftime? What do the what do the Cowboys have to play for? Yeah, it's a it's a weird one for sure. Right, and this has for, backdoor trouble written all over it, and that's yeah. even if the Cowboys have a lead at halftime, which is not necessarily a guarantee. Yeah, and just for our audio listeners, gonna make sure you guys hear. I'm on the Cowboys minus seven and a half against the Commandos. Um, yeah, and the Giants plus fourteen against the Eagles, but. As Matt just explained, there's a lot <laughs> to well, be. And, <laughs> there's a and, lot of dynamics going on in the and both two things, games. right? Like I, I'm fine with the Giants plus 14, sort of conceptually. If you're in a pool, whatever, whatever. If you're betting mm-hmm. it, what's the likelihood that the Giants score first in that game? Like, it's, yeah, yeah. it's not that high, I don't think. Mm-hmm. So you're probably going to get a live number better than 14 if you're dying to like. If the if the exception you know if the expectation is okay this game is going to be a little bit closer than we think like I think the Eagles have the lead at some point in the first quarter even the first half and this and you might get even just fourteen and a half even seventeen and a half right something yeah. that when things get weird in the second half is going to you know make you more likely to be a winner and it's the yeah. same thing here like rather than Cowboys for the game what about Cowboys first half yeah you no, know for sure. 
Because they might go, again, they might look in the locker room, go, well, Eagles are up two touchdowns. All right, Dak, you're done. By the way, if Dak's done and it's Cooper Rush, it's not the end of the world. Cooper Rush throwing to Noah Brown. We saw that. Like, they got by at the start of the season with that combination, right? And the kid who was running for the against the Titans last week, I thought ran pretty well when, he, when they gave him an opportunity. Like, maybe the backups on the Cowboys are good enough to win this game by margin. It's just more about an attitude thing, right? Does, does uh, Kellen Moore just hand the ball off 25 times in the second half when they're looking up at the scoreboard going like, well, the Eagles are housing the Giants because the Giants don't care, right? These are the live betting opportunities. Like Washington's second half, very much a, a play. Cowboys' first half only is how I would play this from a betting standpoint. I like it. I like it. Interesting to hear how you're going to play this one because it is a 14-point spread for my San Francisco 49ers against the Cardinals. I will be taking the San Francisco 49ers and laying the 14 points because I just think at this point, one, this definitely is a seeding thing where they want to continue to move up. And if you think about you know, there's some interesting quarterbacks that could be in play in terms of these divisional game matchups. And I'm talking Tom Brady, I'm talking Aaron Rodgers, which we'll get to. And that matters in terms of who you would rather play. So Niners still have something to play for. The Niners, I feel like, go at one speed and, hey, Brock Purdy, man, let's go. Get your Brock Purdy jerseys out. Let's go. Well, it's funny, right? Last week we talked about, you know, we just got the Jared Stidham news. And I said to you, I was like, I was lined up, man. I had all my Vegas plus six bets like ready to go because I thought that that was a spot that the 49ers might have a letdown. Like yeah. that would be the letdown situation, right? Not a home game, not a divisional game, you know, um, a relatively, you know, theoretically easy game. And it, they'd be kicking themselves if they ended up losing that game, right? And not getting that first home game uh, or sorry, second round home game potentially with a two seed that they're trying to get here. Funny thing is, though, like the the reward for winning this game and 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 getting the two seed might just be the Green Bay Packers, which is kind of bumming you know <laughs> people out of you know would bum you out if you're like, yeah, we got the two seed, man, sweet, and it's like, mm -hmm. oh, Aaron Rodgers is coming to town. Yeah. Um, totally a drag. That being said, these are competitors. Cardinals suck. All of those sorts of things. It's a 14-point you know, spread. Like, I don't think they're losing this game outright. Mm -hmm. I played the Vikings money line part, you know, with a correlated parlay to the 49ers. Now mm -hmm. the Vikings money line is like off the rails. I did that when it was minus four. Remember, I you know, I said to you, like I was stunned when it was minus one. I was like dead. Um, yeah. so yeah, like my at minus four, I used the money line there to sort of juice that thing back up a little bit. Now that we're into the minus seven and a half, I don't know that I would necessarily parlay the Vikings and the 49ers together. You could, you're not getting a ton, right? You're getting a <laughs> minus 270 or something like that type yeah. of price. Like that's pretty brutal. I think this game's better left. I mean, listen, there's going to be what, six games at four o'clock, five games at four o'clock. There's other games to watch. You know, you don't need to bet on this game. <laughs> yes, very true, for sure. And this game as well, the Rams at the Seahawks. Seahawks, six and a half point favorites. I feel like the Rams got some guys playing for jobs. The Rams got some guys that, you know, might just be playing for some happy vibes to close out the season. If you're telling me I can get six and a half points with that, I'm going to take that against the Seahawks. Yeah, and this is the game that, like, this week you can directly point to an inflation of the betting market of the point spread because one team you know, is winning and in type of, or win and hope to get in type situation. Uh, I make this four 
Um, from a market standpoint, recently, it's a little bit, it's even a little bit lower than that because, you know, listen, the Rams got some credit when it came to going to Green Bay. You'll remember that was, you know, relatively low. Um, and then even last week, you know, against the Chargers, et cetera, et cetera. It, the reason that this is this high is because if we do the comparison game to the previous year, you know, matchup early on in the year, you can go, well, Seattle was minus six and a half at L.A., so why can't they be minus six and a half at home? In fact, that sounds like a valuable bet to make on Seattle. Well, yeah. the difference is between what Baker Mayfield is doing offensively with the Rams, that's what John Wolford was doing. And so that's where the rating change comes in. So like, while you would say, well, maybe this should be nine and a half based mm -hmm. on that. If it was Wolford and it was nine and a half, I'd be like, yeah, okay. John Wolford stinks. I totally get that. But it's Baker Mayfield. And I don't think three points from nine and a half to six and a half is enough. And neither does the market based on how these, you know, the Rams have been rated since Mayfield took over and was and showed that he's got a pretty good handle on the offense. Now, last week did not go well for them against the Chargers. They were given up 80 yard touchdown runs to Austin Eckler. Since when does that happen for the Chargers? They were, uh, you know, fumble recoveries and basically any high leverage or turnover situation went the wrong way for them in the same way that it went the right way for the Seattle Seahawks. You'll recall, they were home underdogs to the Jets last week. Nobody wanted anything to do with the Seahawks. We grabbed them in a teaser. Honestly, I wish I had bet them outright. If I was better at this, I would have bet them outright. I was really bummed out that I didn't bet them outright. Um, at least we cashed with a, te a teaser here. Now, all of a sudden, six and a half against a Rams team. You're not going to be shocked by this, Shell. Rams don't have a first-round pick this year <laughs> for the 18th consecutive season. Rams yeah. do not have a first round pick, right? Like, it's not like they're playing for draft, you know, space here. They are trying to win this game. Everybody, you know, you mentioned the jobs. Cam Akers ran for over 100 yards last week. So, like, he's still, you know, getting things done. And the Seahawks mm -hmm. defense, still really bad, despite, you know, having a good effort. And by the way, lost one of their best players for the season last week. So, yeah, this to me is Rams all day long. And spoiler alert, they're also going to be on their round robin underdog money line parlay. Let's go. And we finish off with what could be, could be, because there's a lot of things that could happen before this, but theoretically, why the NFL put this game as the Sunday nighter Lions at Packers for the division Packers at home favored by four and a half points, prime time action here for Aaron Rodgers. But, but I say this, the four and a half points primely in the Vegas zone, which has my sensors going off. <laughs> Give me the Detroit Lions plus four and a half. Not only do I think that they might just be better than the Packers <laughs> on both sides of the ball, yeah. but I just think that the Lions at this point, they're going to be ripping and raring to go. Not that the Packers are not, but I just don't think the Packers are that good. I think there's been some smoke and mirrors over the last few weeks of what they're doing. Mm -hmm. The only thing that really worries me, and I even hesitate to say this, is the refereeing because if you were to tell me that what would the NFL prefer, would yeah. they prefer to see Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs and right. Jared Goff? Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, we are always, we, we like, I listen, I love a good conspiracy. You know that I'm, I'm, I'm slinging them out all the time. We obviously <laughs> are tongue firmly planted in cheek when it comes to that sort of thing. But at the same sure. time, the type of conspiracies that you're sort of talking about here is why this game exists on Sunday night where it should have been ripe for a Saturday night game. Exactly. Like this is the placement of this game is screwing the Seattle Seahawks. Cause if the Seattle Seahawks win their game, 
which is what they're trying to do, of course, then this game doesn't mean anything to the Lions. Now, that probability element is factored into this point spread and is why Green Bay is minus four and a half. Because if the if the Seahawks are likely to win their game and mm-hmm. the Packers are going to be the only team incentivized, then you have to juice this price up because this number should be three and a half. Yeah. Right? It was mm-hmm. three and a half in the look aheads, you know, all that sort of stuff. One of the things we did last week was parlay the Lions money line from week 17 into week 18 at plus three and a half. So I've got Lions plus three and a half at plus 160. Let's go. Right? Which is better than the alternative, which or alternative line, which is like, I think, plus 115, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting 50 cents of value, which is all we were trying to do last week with picking away at some of those week 18 look-ahead lines that were available on various uh, sports books. So from a strictly like this game standpoint, like, yeah, plus four and a half, you're getting a full point of value. You're saying, okay, the risk is that Seattle wins and Detroit, quote unquote, doesn't care. But does Dan Campbell feel like a guy who just runs a a ship that doesn't really care about whatever Mm. they're doing? Like, this is kind of Carolina-ish, right? Where it's like, yeah, I kind of trust them to, like, play their ass off no matter what the circumstances. Again, Mm. this is why we have division games. Because they're looking at the Packers going like, man, if we could ruin the Packers season, how great would that be? We are building for the future. This getting knocked out of the playoffs isn't necessarily a disappointment in the way that it should normally be for the Lions because they didn't really think they were getting there anyway. I mean, everybody sort of thinks they might or whatever, but like the season was off the rails at the start of the year. Right. And the fact Mm -hmm. that they battled back and can kind of put a nail in the Packers coffin this season. And who knows what that means going forward for the Packers? Like, yeah, take the plus four and a half. And then by the way, you and I happen to think that the Rams might be live to beat the Seahawks at which point, which again, listen, we're talking about what plus two fifty ish on the money line. That's a 30% Mm -hmm. chance. Yep. There's a 30% chance. This line moves back where it should three and a half, three if we find out via that rams seahawks game that the lions now need this game and could make the playoffs this number's going to crash to a field goal so take the four and a half now because it might crash to three or it might just sit at four and a half with an you know bitter angry lions team with a maniac head coach who (laughs) is looking to like honestly probably bite some kneecaps and take some blood out of the packers here so yeah plus four and a half of course Yes, totally, totally, totally love it all. And I know that I said, I think I said this game for the division. What I meant is a divisional game for the playoffs is what this could be. We what I meant, you. obviously. Know. Yeah, you know what I mean. You know the you fake know Vikings I mean. already have the division title. <laughs> yes. Shout out yes. to them. We had the Vikings before the season, division title over at the score. So, you know, glad and we got that done early. Well, I mean, speaking of, my friend, you yep. mentioned some of the info being handed out. Where can the people find all that information? And, you know, let's be honest, make sure they're following you for next year to get the goodies ahead of the season that people want to be cashing in come week 18. Bro, like, so we've had some ups and downs, like really good Monday nights, really good round rob money line parlay point spreads, right? If you're using those to also make point spread bets, having an outstanding time there. We have caught the wrong side of every total imaginable in the best bets this year. We are on the plus side on, on spread betting, on teasers, on money lines, on props, all of those things, totals. Honestly, I'm not doing totals again next year. I will find a guy <laughs> off the street and, uh, you know, I'll, maybe I'll have my mom do totals um, next season. So everybody doesn't have to worry about that. 
where we're going to be super profitable. And it's why you got to be locked in from before the season starting. Patrick Mahomes, nine to one to win the MVP. That's looking really good right now from before the season. Uh, Nick Bosa, Defensive Player of the Year. Check out his odds right now. We had him at 10 to 1 or better. I think at least 10 to 1. I still wasn't 14 to 1s um, in my account. Um, uh, Nick Bosa out there. Justin Jefferson to lead the league in receiving yards, right? All of these, at, they're not, it's not insane. Oh, Patrick Mahomes to win the MVP. Like, oh, good one. Nick Bosa. Oh, what a crazy call that was. When you're winning 10, 9, 10, 12, 14 to ones, three, four of them at a time. You and I talked about the Eagles, you know, bet to win, to um, be the last undefeated team that we yep. cashed months ago, right? Yep. We're going to be up like 40 units this year. We got some mm -hmm. ones that are even kind of sketchy right now. And so um, quick note on hedging, because I've had people ask, you know, if you don't need to hedge some of these good ones. And the ones that are like dicey, you know, I've had questions, Christian McCaffrey, comeback player of the year. Like, yeah, we have him at a good price. He's in there with three other dudes. We don't know what the criteria is for comeback player of the year. Honestly, who knows? Geno Smith, Saquon Barkley. If you're winning some of these others, then you can let that other one kind of fly. You don't need to hedge that. If you've only picked that one out or you only have one, okay, maybe you want to make sure you're profitable on the season type of deal. But that's the point, you know, come one, come all, bet them all, right? You never know which ones are going to be the good ones. You might be like, well, nine to one Mahomes, Josh Allen, you know, all these other, you know, long shot prices. Patrick Mahomes probably going to win the MVP and we're sitting here with a nine to one ticket. Love it. Bosa, love it. Jefferson, all these guys, potentially offensive player of the year as well. It's going to be, I'm going to be unbearable come uh, awards night uh, for the NFL because uh, we're going to be catching some major tickets. And that was all back in August. Well, shout out to you, shout out to Awards Night, and shout out to everyone who tuned in all season long on this The On Blast podcast, NFL Picks. It was a long ride, but we still got the primetime action coming up because we're talking playoffs from here on out. And you know, I love that. Last year, we had a pretty good run last year in the playoffs as well. So hopefully you'll stay tuned to that. And remember the reminder to like and subscribe and all that other fun stuff that people ask you to do when you're listening to pods. Again, bless with a like, a retweet. It costs you nothing. It's absolutely free. And plus, I mean, I hope you like winning picks. <laughs> right? We like, like money. <laughs> yeah. And all we ask in return is for a like. Yeah. Simple, right? As I always say, though, you can find us next week because I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the On Blast Podcast NFL Picks Edition. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. On Blast.